Freaking neck. How's <laughs> <laughs> that kink in your neck, Troy? Uh, it's, uh, I'm still kind of, it's kinked. It's still kind of kinked a little bit. So, uh, that massage didn't help. The massage did help, but it's, it's a, it's, it's an ongoing thing. Okay. I'm, I've been trying to get it to crack. I've been trying to get it to something, do something here. I'm, I'm in, I'm in dire straits, fellas. <laughs> dire straits. Uh, is as kinky as the as the fucking um, Sean Connery was in Zardoz? Oh my god, <laughs> just slightly less kink. It's about as kinky as my hose. <laughs> 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 uh, there's one thing that you're known for, Troy. It's all those kinky hoes at your house. <laughs> oh man, the stories. <laughs> Uh, but tonight, folks, we are talking about Star Wars, A New Hope on a Star Warrantine. My God, we, I've been waiting for a while to get here. I'll tell you that right now. There's a lot of people who have been waiting for this. Um, of course, I am Troy to the Max Extreme. Hey, I am a JT3K <laughs> long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And uh, we are being joined also... Again, in the co-pilot seat by Hot Take Havens himself, viewing this for what is the first time, correct? First timer over here. Oh my. Technically the first time. We did kind of see it through the eyes of Family Guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, which I watched immediately after this. You know what? (laughs) I took you up on that offer. I also watched it right after we watched this. Just to oh my god! See. I can't wait to watch. I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> Just... I, I would have watched it if I didn't have to work until seven thirty today. <laughs> you know, be a. I'm an essential worker, guys. What can I say? You're essential. You need to be there I'm to sling essential. that meat. <laughs> um, guys, Star Wars came out in 1977. I have no other box office information on it, but. It took the world by storm. Star Wars was a pretty big deal. You know what I mean? And uh, the this movie and the next two are highly lauded as the best Star Wars things ever and will never be topped ever. And that's, that's how it's going to go down in history, right? But what does a person coming into them fresh, seeing them in chronological order, think? Uh, will the... Uh, the, 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 the debut date of the 70s put a small taint on things? Let's find out, shall we? This is Star Warrantine, A New Hope. Uh, yes. Cole, could you do us yeah. the honors of giving us a brief synopsis on what happened in A New Hope? Oh, I would love to. So, the Rebel Alliance... My synopsis, by the way, let me just preface this. Let me preface this first off by saying I'm on beer number six within three hours. So <laughs> if I stumble over my words, that's why. Um, but let me tell well, you, my synopsis. Out there, that's two per hour. <laughs> that is, if you're looking for averages, two per hour. Um, my synopsis of these movies has become quite good, I must say, because I am becoming a little more... Ah, uh, interested movie by movie, unless you throw some Clone Wars bullshit in there. <laughs> um, 
No, so for this one, we've got the Rebel Alliance has gotten control of the plans, the blueprints, if you will, for the Death Star. And those blueprints will tell you how to uh, take down the Death Star. And Princess Leia, or Leah, if you will, in this movie, <laughs> has those plans somewhere. And one James Earl Jones is trying to figure that out, where these plans are. And uh, that's where we meet our heroes. Princess Leia's in control of the plans to destroy the Death Star. Okay, there we have it. I talked a lot for a little bit. <laughs> uh, what? So we watched this all on Disney Plus, correct? Yes. We're... Yes. We're McClunky. the McClunky cut. We're <laughs> cold. Did you? I end still up... don't know what that means. Nobody does. Nobody does. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> it's a line that's been added into this version of the movie for seemingly no reason, and that's pretty much the original trilogy is laden with a bunch of things added to the movie post them being out. So. There is nowhere you can find a legal copy of the original cuts of these movies anymore. They are anything that's out on store shelves or available on streaming is either the special editions or any other cut that's come out afterwards. Yeah. So Cole, you were able to easily pick out what was added to the movie, correct? <laughs> I don't know that I was, guys. Like, okay, was it some of the animals in here yes. that yes. were added. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, okay. So obviously in 1977, when this was being yeah. uh, released. CG did not exist in 1977. <laughs> yeah. They didn't, they, they were, they had a, a modest budget for this and they, and they did a lot with them. All the miniature work for this movie, I think is amazing. And seeing it in like a high definition uh, this time, I thought it was quite exquisite actually seeing those yeah. huge st detailed star destroyers fly over the screen like right at the opening i'm like oh my god yeah. that is awesome um even like if you ever watch like any uh like behind the scenes shit for like this original movie it is so fascinating just like those like close-ups of like them flying over the death star and just like the detail they, they put into the models yeah of this of just, like, the surface of the Death Star. Like, he built those models of, like, the surface. Yeah. And it's fucking insane. And for huge, crowded rooms of people, they were, like, a first few rows were real, and then the rest was matte painting, and you wouldn't even be able to tell. Like... Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, uh, certain... I think when Darth Vader gets off, like, a ship and goes into, like, the hangar of a Star Destroyer or something, there's, like, an army of, like, stormtroopers... 90% of that is just a matte painting. Wow. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool stuff. So if you have any chance to watch like a behind the scenes of it, it's great. But yeah. George Lucas went in and tampered with it uh, and re-released the special editions in the 90s. And in his words, it was his vision to have more stuff going on when he wanted to create the movie. And he still owns, like, all the rights to the, this time. And so he had creative license to do so. But then he started just, like, tinkering with it almost to death, where there's, like, multiple different versions out, and they're really not that far different from each other. 
Um, did the special editions have the Jabba the Hutt scene in there in Mos Eisley? Yeah, that's when they added... Because, I guess, uh, in the original version, Jabba the Hutt was just a guy in a fur coat. And then it was in later... They, they cut that out, and then in later versions, they decided to make him a giant slug. So they already... Really? They already filmed that scene of Han Solo talking to Jabba the Hutt, but he was a guy in a fur coat. And then they CG'd over that guy, Jabba, and they even had to... They even had to do something where, like, when he walks around Jabba the Hutt, like, he just walked around just a guy in a fur coat in the original, so they had to actually, like, digitally lift his body to make it look like he was stepping on his tail when he was walking around Jabba. (laughs) Okay, so that was the absolute first thing I noticed where I was like, oh, yeah, they told me to watch for all these weird ass cuts like of the CGI stuff because it looked like a glitch in a video game when you get like stuck on the outer edge of the boundary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. He like hovered and like glitched a little bit as he's stepping over Jabba's tail. And I was like, wait a minute. I bet you Jabba did not look like that in 1977. No, not at no. all. He wasn't even in that whole little scene wasn't even in the movie. They just didn't no. have it in there. Yeah. And the first time you wow. actually see Jabba the Hutt is in two more movies. What? Yeah. 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 You don't see him until Return of the Jedi. Oh, but... my God. I'm glad they added him because Jabba's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I... you're so connected to his to his son, Stinky, now. <laughs> I mean, Stinky <laughs> is one of my favorites. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the Stinky and Jar Jar show. But uh, mostly everything else that was added are more or less just scene transitions between, like, other larger scenes which don't make anything to the story. But I actually don't like that Jabba the the Hutt scene at Mos Eisley. I like him having, like, a mystique around him until you finally see him in Return of the Jedi and you're like, what is this guy? And And even with that Greedo scene, it makes no sense because, like, the Greedo scene is so tense. And then it just still ends up with him seeing Jabba, and then Jabba's like, well, just pay me back. Yeah. I was like, but that just... Greedo scene was so tense, where, like, Greedo was, like, ready to kill him. Yeah. And that. And oh. then it was like, oh, then you see the actual Jabba, and he's like, oh, I mean, just pay me back whenever. <laughs> yeah. And I just said Greedo. Yeah. And then <laughs> that Greedo scene has been tampered with, like, a billion times. Uh, yeah. Because in the original cut, Han Solo just shoots Greedo like in cold blood. And then that yeah. was changed to have Greedo shoot like a second before Han Solo. And so his action was reactionary to make him not such of a scumbag that he would just shoot a guy in cold blood. Yeah. And then it was changed later on to that. They would shoot at the same time, but Han Solo hit him. And then it was changed in this cut where they looks like they shoot at the same time. But Greedo says McClunky. <laughs> and that really is like the only other difference I've seen with this cut. And apparently yeah. like this cut was supposed to be for a laser disc release that never happened. And so uh I guess um George Lucas has just held on to these and when he got acquired by Disney, they acquired those and those are the cuts they put up. Like I don't understand why still they don't have an original restored copy of the original release? Because I think that would sell a lot. I, I yeah, almost oh, every yeah, Star absolutely. Wars. The only way you can find them now if they're bootleg copies at like Comic Cons and stuff. That's about the only place where you can find 
original copies. Well, there's been people begging for George Lucas to release the original version of this movie, and he's just like, well, sucks to suck. (laughs) I I don't understand why. It would make him a million more dollars. Millions. Well, not him anymore, but he got paid $4 billion for Star Wars, so he's doing fine. But, like, Disney, I don't know why they haven't released an original cut if they even have any licensing for it at all. Like, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah. So, th- anyway, that's, like, the whole history of, like, tampering and the original yeah. cut that may or may not even exist anymore. I don't even know. You know, but, but even to go back to that Greedo scene, uh, Cole, so, like, do you remember in uh, the Solo movie where they have that scene between him and Woody Harrelson where uh, Han Solo pulls his blaster and shoots him? And then uh, Woody Harrelson's like, it's a good thing you shot me because I was going to shoot you. That's, like, an homage to this where... There was like a whole campaign of people saying Han shot first because uh, George Lucas kept tampering with it to make it look more and more like it was reactionary. Where in the, in the original, Han Solo just shot the fuck out of Greedo for no almost no reason. Okay, all right, that may I can see that. <laughs> yeah, so like that was like a that was like a small homage to the whole thing of Han shooting first, where like he was the first one to shoot Woody Harrelson before he shoot him him yeah okay well okay based on that okay i'll i have this in my notes because you know for star warranty i take a lot of notes <laughs> i i appreciate the first three movies so much more after watching this episode of star wars right now like there are so many things that i feel like i am so more knowledgeable on Okay. Because I've watched the first three. Now I get it. Like if you watch this one and in, in, you watch this one in '77 or whenever you watch it until the the first one, two, and three episodes came out. But like, I appreciate what they did in those first three way more after watching this one now because I feel like I know more about the characters. Okay. Yeah. It's weird though because you shouldn't feel that because this was made way before those first three <laughs> were ever cons- like even thought of. Well, that's kind of like what I was wondering how you would take it. Like, uh, because everyone started with this one, A New Hope, and then had to wait 30 years to get some backstory (laughs) on whatever and go back to one, two, and three. Like, everything before this that came out is just filling in holes that this original trilogy set. And uh, speaking of that, did you appreciate Rogue One a little bit more? after watching this or no <laughs> no rogue one i still do not care for <laughs> that's still on the bottom of my list barely edging out clone wars okay. as the least of my favorite star wars movie okay okay fair enough um what did you think of luke skywalker as your as your hero Oh my god. Starting out, I could not stand Lou Skywalker. I have not here, but I was going to Hashi Station to pick up some <laughs> power converters. So a funny thing is, that was like an ongoing joke with me and Troy, where we would just be like, Hashi Station, power, power converters, and it'd just be like, well, you can have fun with your friends later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I could care less about Luke Skywalker from the beginning, but he did grow on me. 
But that first initial, like, I was like, what is this? And then when he stands on the rock and that the music just, like, gets so freaking loud on your TV, like, <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Man. And they do, it, and like, in the fucking prequels, they do so many homages to that one scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they... like, with, like, the, the aunt and uncle at, like, the end of Revenge of the Sith. And I think even, I think Anakin does it at one point when he's young. In Tatooine. Yep. And they even go back and they even do it in the later on ones, the Disney ones too. They oh, my. Oh, yeah. They do it with Ray, I think, a couple times too. Why? Like, I don't, <laughs> it's just like the one iconic scene they want to just replay over and over and have that John yeah. Williams score just swell. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. Um, speaking, yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of Luke Skywalker to start. Okay. That's okay. He. I I can see that because he's a little bratty when it starts. He's he like is. because a bit of a twerp, yeah. you know. Uh, and I I do on on this rewatch. I was because I heard some other people who've seen this for the first time that said this movie just is a a slog. But I thought this movie like had a pretty quick pace going throughout the beginning. Oh. Like it starts where he is. Uh, the, the the whole thing going on at the beginning with the droids and then they meet him on uh, Tatooine and then he's like boom he's with Obi Wan Kenobi and then boom he's in space like it's it's pretty quick yeah yeah I love the pace of this movie like I thought every single scene only lasted for a little bit of time just to get across whatever they needed to get across and you were just jumping from place to place and meeting new characters and like how everybody came together was pretty well laid out within like the first 45 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought this this was one of my favorite ones yet as far as like the pace of it. Yeah, I um I if anything, I think the prequels are a bit more of a slog than this one anyway. Uh and then <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. Well, I'll get to them later on, but I don't want to lose my train of thought on this. And I think the ones that come after this, like the 7, 8 and 9, they're almost too too chaotic like like they can't find a happy medium they need to be just like these i guess i don't i don't want to like jump too far ahead and talk about what's to come because i want to still be like a surprise to you cole but it's hard to not see like what's coming next for me when i see some things going on yeah every one of these is a surprise for me (laughs) (laughs) but now for for me personally going into this one for this time, I'm gonna. I might say that this might be my favorite Star Wars movie out of all of them ever. That we've wow. watched so far, or just now in your mind, it's like the no, movie. like like so far in my mind. Like I mean, we're gonna go and probably we're gonna visit Empire next week, which is considered probably the favorite out of everyone. But man, like going into this, it sets up so much of what I love about Star Wars all the way through, out of every movie, even, like, down to where, like, there's going to be a lot of big shit that happens in Empire Strikes Back, but I think in order to really care about that, like, you need this movie, because this is, like, the only movie you really get where all three, like, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Princess Leia interact for a long portion of time, and I felt, like, the, the, their three, the three of theirs chemistry is so fucking good. I could watch them interact with each other all day. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Like, I don't think any other uh, grouping of people in the rest of these movies even gets close. Yeah. Like, when they get down to where they're working their way through the Death Star, the three of them together, just, like, their banter back and forth and, like, the, the things they get into, like, even, like, Luke Skywalker gets funnier hanging out with the two of them. Like, <laughs> he's, like... Like, like I, I kind of agree with Cole. Like in the beginning, Luke Skywalker kind of comes off as a brat, but then once he starts uh, hanging around uh, Han and Leia more, like he kind of loosens up. And man, like all three of them, like when they hang out together, are just so fun. Like you almost kind of want to be part of their group. Yeah. Besides being yeah. shot at and tried to be killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or crushed oh, yeah. in a trash compactor. <laughs> but yeah, there's but been so I, many. I, I... I forgot how fucking funny this movie is, too. There's some funny-ass shit in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love, love, who I didn't even know was in this movie until last week, I love Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah, he's great, isn't he? Like He, he yeah. is awesome, and I didn't even know he was in this movie. <laughs> and I guess when they were casting for this, they just used him as a stand-in to read against the other actors going out for the role and then nobody else even compared to like the 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 performance he was giving so they just hired him on because they had no interest in having him on they just wanted him there to help read lines and they're like well nobody's doing a better news so i guess you're han solo and just like a fluke thing that's like his most iconic role besides like indiana jones it's like, how does that happen? <laughs> Lucky son Unless of a you're Paul Havens and don't know anything about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, just the way he plays Han Solo, it's like you cannot see anyone else even coming close to that performance. Right. I even like the small things like with Obi-Wan Kenobi when he's talking about, well, even like Uncle Owen, Obi-Wan, like when they're trying to explain and like kind of pussyfoot around like who... Uh, Luke's father is like early on in the movie Go- knowing that we know already and Cole you probably actually appreciated this just as much as I did on this rewatch it's like we saw him completely turn to the dark side and they're just trying to like tiptoe around the idea that he's like a total shit br- shithead right and so and see, that's, that's what I like about watching those prequels is that oh I kind of know that they're not leading him into know exactly knowing who his father is yeah but then it's also fun to be like, so this was the first one. They had no idea where they were going with that idea. <laughs> like they just kind of yeah. had this idea floating on in the ether. You know what I mean? So they could fill in the holes later, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. I didn't even think about that until you just said it. That is kind of, <laughs> that, that's nuts. And it's almost kind of fun watching it. Like watching what the idea of this being like, this is okay. They, they wanted to be like, this is probably going to be the only movie we make. Because even when this released, they didn't have, like, the Episode 4 in front of it. They just had Star Wars and, like, the scroll. They didn't have Episode 4, New Hope. He added that when he decided to make more movies. So this is supposed to be, like, the one and only movie that they made. And, like, watching this back, like, you almost see, you see Darth Vader, like, yeah, he, he's like a, he has a commanding presence, but he's not really necessarily, like, the main villain in it. Like, I feel like the Death Star itself is kind of the main villain in this movie. Right. Yeah. Because, like, you, like, even, like, Grand Moff Tarkin, I think, has, like, a bigger role than Vader. I think he's, like, the boss of Vader in this. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, so, in the, 
in the original trilogy, I always felt like that is like a weird dynamic to have this weird kind of like um, militaristic hierarchy going on on the Death Star. And then you also have the Emperor, which is in control of everything. And then you have like Darth Vader, his like attack dog, pretty much. But like they don't really yeah. run the show. It's like this weird like militaristic hierarchy going on over here that's making yeah. all the decisions which i found like kind of weird that it's like you always think it's just like darth vader he's like the big bad or whatever and it's not really in this one he's more or less like like an attack dog you know what i mean like he's uh, uh an ominous presence but it's really tarkin and his uh you may file when ready <laughs> attitude <laughs> But I almost kind of like that idea. I almost kind of like that idea because it's like Darth Vader, like even seeing it throughout the first three movies, he acts so much on passion. And when you want to win a war, you want to win more on strategy. So of course he'd put more like militaristic people in charge and be like, Vader, listen to them because you can't plan for shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how weird that was seeing, I what was his name? Turk. Turkitin or Tarkin? <laughs> Tarkin. <laughs> how, how weird that was seeing the exact same face I just saw in a movie from 2005. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was 2013. <laughs> oh my God, that was so weird. And I wouldn't have thought anything of it until you guys mentioned it last week and I was on the lookout for it. And I was like, oh my God, there's that guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> there's his real face. <laughs> that was weird as shit. <laughs> Uh, but I I love fucking Tarkin in this because he's just like he's so cold and calculating. Or it's like, so we're gonna blow up your home planet now. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, tremendous evil character. Yeah. You. <laughs> we will blow up Alderaan unless you can tell us where the rebel base is. It's on Dantooine. Okay, you may fire when ready. I'm like, what? No! <laughs> yeah, it's probably there, but I mean, we're here, and we're going to do the fucking test anyways, so fuck you. Oh, On shit. the other side, I have to say, I found Darth Vader to be far less intimidating in Episode 4 than he was in Episode 3. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Like, I, I could see if I had never seen 1, 2, and 3. If I was watching this as my very first Star Wars viewing. Yeah. He's an intimidating character. I can totally see that. But after watching the episode three and that kick-ass scene when he comes down out of the darkness and just starts laying waste to people, and then seeing him as James Earl Jones' voice, like, oh, my God. And I love James Earl Jones, and I think the voice is great, but way less intimidating in 1977 than he was in episode three. <laughs> well, in the in the prequels, especially in episode three, or even like that tag on at the end of Rogue One, like he's already had. Oh, that this... was it. Yeah, that was it. Well, either way, like they already he already has like 30, 40 years of mystique built up behind him, fifty years even, and so like they just keep getting him more like I guess quote cooler and like more aggressive and like in your face, and here yeah. he's like he's still, like, a bit reserved. Like, they kind of treat him like he's as old as Obi-Wan. You know? and Totally. And, and yeah. even, like, their lightsaber battle in this is, like, not comparable to any of them coming from before yeah. this, or even after, really. And, and a lot of the prequel lightsaber battles, I feel, were more choreography-based. Like, especially 
like a lot of the ones in like the original series, I think, especially for you, Cole, I think they're going to seem more boring just because I think they're more based on like emotion. Like I'm, I'm a huge fan of the one that's going to be an empire because yeah. you can see the frustration in Luke as he's trying his hardest to get over on Darth Vader, but he really can't. And then that carries over into Return of the Jedi with where they have their lightsaber battle. That's really good. But it, it's it's a lot slower than in the prequels because I think it was George Lucas getting so happy over the fact that he had like all these uh, things at his disposal that could be like, I can get choreographers and I can get stuntmen <laughs> and I can get CGI and all this shit where it's like he only had so much to work with back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Okay. But I they do get more fast-paced than the one in this movie where Obi-Wan and yeah. Darth Vader. Like so when I first um when I was doing research on this like a while ago, I read that uh, initially the lightsaber I guess was supposed to like actually be like heavy. It was supposed to have weight on it, like a real sword. And so that's why they're kind of just like they're not really whipping that thing around and spinning around like a helicopter or anything like that. It's supposed to be like a legit like weapon that you're like wielding on somebody and it's got like actual weight and volume to it. And then later on they found like, well, that that's not super fun to watch. (laughs) So later on it's becoming where it's not like such a heavy rock in your hand, but I, there is distinctive uh, lightsaber battle, like lightsaber fights in each of these trilogies. Like this one I feel like is way more emotional based and it's not like super clean or anything like that, but it's it. I think I think it works. And in the prequels, they're like super high octane, like flipping around and all that kind of stuff. And then in the later ones, the more recent ones, I think it's I think it's a mixture of a, a little bit of both where they kind of slow yeah. them down a little bit. They're not as like clean looking. They're kind of hacking at each other with them more or less. But it's it's like a mixture of both. And so like. I, I can kind of appreciate that for, for that. Speaking of the lightsaber battle between old Ben Kenobi <laughs> and Darth, what was, and maybe it meant nothing at all, but what was with Obi-Wan, like almost like that smirk that he gave and that look at Luke before Darth just totally offed him? Oh, I, Did you guys catch that? Yeah, or what, yeah, was, I know what you're talking like, about. It's, what was up with that? Like, it almost looked to me like Obi Wan was like, "I'm ready for this," but he like he kind of like gave up. Like, I, I don't. Maybe I read too much into it. It it's kind of on that line. It's like I, I'm ready to go. I can be his mentor almost forever now in my passing because he'll be more powerful when you strike me down I'll become more powerful than you could possibly imagine Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but he he feels like Luke is like ready to take on the task of taking down like Darth Vader and the Empire and all that kind of stuff and so he just like nope I'm I'm I'm, I'm calling it quits here yeah right the whole like a, a big chunk of that movie felt like um or that a big chunk of like that scene felt like Obi Wan was kind of egging him on to get to that point where he knew Luke was watching them. Yeah, like I think okay, that's yeah, because what... that's kind of what I got too. Yeah, like I think that's what I kind of took from that scene, especially with it being so slow, where it's like it's 
it's not so much Obi-Wan trying to win, it's Obi-Wan trying to waste time to make sure Luke saw him so that he can see, like, the stakes that are in store for him. For sure. Do you have any, um, any other notes there, Cole? Um, yeah, what is up with Luke's, like, stepmom or whatever she is? She looks like she's straight from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Aunt Beru? Okay, so I did What's notice... Her name? Aunt Beru. Beru? <laughs> Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. <laughs> yeah. Which, so, if to take the prequels into context here, like, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru do not feel like they should be the ones from the prequels that take on this task of raising Luke because like the whole time, like they know where he's from, but the whole time Owen's like, well, (laughs) but I mean, I mean this, this bad shit's happening that we know that he's from, but God damn it. We got the fucking crop season coming up soon. (laughs) We got the harvest Luke, but I, I mean, that is trying to like keep him home so he doesn't go out and, like, get captured elsewhere. And, like, yeah. I, I guess living with him for, what, like, 18 years or whatever, he's kind of gotten, like, okay, I've done this, like, a long time. It's kind of gotten mundane at this point. But uh, what I actually took notice of in this, I'm like, everyone is wearing, like, brown robes, except for Aunt Beru, who's wearing, like, an open collared shirt and a jean jacket. <laughs> she sticks out like a she sticks out like a sore thumb, and that's where I got the Brady Bunch from. I'm glad you brought that up because I actually tried to make a mental note of that. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, and so there is a a podcast that I listen to called Newcomers, and they are also kind of doing like a similar idea of people having seen Star Wars for the first time, and they're watching him as well. And they also went into some back history on Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. And I guess there's some fan fiction in where Aunt Beru wanted to be a fashion designer. And that's why (laughs) she dresses the way she does. Get the the fuck out of here. And that's why she wears more, like, extravagant, like, colorful clothing is because she wanted to go into design. And instead got locked into moisture farming, drinking blue milk for her whole life. (laughs) Make it a fan fiction. Wait till we get to the Death Star and start talking about TK four two one. Oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, any any other notes there, Cole? Holy shit! Oh my god! I I can't handle fan fiction. Um, <laughs> I fucking loved that we got nothing but R2-D2 and C-3PO for, like, the first 15 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Because the banter banter between them and, like, just C-3PO talking and, like, the mannerisms are some of my favorite parts of all these movies. Oh, dude. I lost... I... I should have known it was coming, but I lost my shit when they have that one part where they're already at Luke's and fucking R2-D2 is like beeping and shit and C-3PO's like, no, I don't think he likes you. And then he beeps and he's like, no, I don't like you either. (laughs) (laughs) It is such a shitty thing to say and I was losing my shit. (laughs) No. Oh my god. I don't like so you either. Good. 
just telling your what's supposed to be your best friend and counterpart that no one likes you. And I don't like you either. <laughs> and I don't like you either. Which also comes up in the cantina oh, when yeah. that guy says, yes! "I don't think he likes you. I don't like you much either." <laughs> did you did you catch those guys from Rogue One? They they make a cameo in Rogue One. What? Yeah. Yeah. So Ooh. there's a. There's a part when they're when they're walking through Jeddah, they come across those two. They bump into them, and the guy turns around and almost punches uh, Jin Erso, but then gets stopped by the guy with the butt mouth. Okay, <laughs> I kind of do remember that now. Oh my yeah. god, I never even put that together. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That was like kind of like a cameo from uh, to kind of like make Star Wars fans mark out a little bit. <laughs> don't worry, I still don't like Rogue One. <laughs> But no, I love that part too. It's like he doesn't like you. I don't like you either. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got I the did... on twelve systems. <laughs> I did have to. I I completely laughed all to myself when they meet Han Solo, and he goes, "Yeah, I made a Kessel Run in twelve parsecs." <laughs> <laughs> And I wouldn't have laughed so hard if I didn't. You guys hadn't made such a big deal about that line kept coming up, and I was like, "Oh, there it is! There it is!" <laughs> oh shit! Uh, Did I you... have a note that Han Solo is such a weird, interesting protagonist because of his attitude? Yeah, that I, that's why he's like, like the, everyone's favorite character because he's so yeah. a, like a gray character. I can see it because it it throws you off because you expect the protagonist to be like Luke Skywalker, which he is, but Hans Han Solo's right there with him, and uh, I'd almost like I don't want to call him a protagonist, but he is. Yeah, he. I mean, he eventually saves the day, gets a medal, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, he he's out for number one for a while. Like he takes his money and he takes his reward and he and he goes. And I and if you were seeing this for the very first time, not knowing that he's going to come back. That's like, oh, well, that's kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was happy to see the parade again at the end, like we saw like at the end of episode one, where at the very end when they're like, oh, here's the medals for Han and Luke and oh, Chewie yeah. and R2-D2. It was like, oh, there's the parade. Oh, I yeah. totally forgot. I, I guess forgot. Probably didn't know because I'm I'm new to all this, but also forgot that Luke and Princess Leia are brother and sister. <laughs> okay, so at the end of episode three, we asked you that question, and you're like, "I think I missked it. What what are they?" And I'm like, "No, never mind. We'll 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 wait." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've been totally. waiting like for. Well, it, it doesn't even get brought up in this. It doesn't come up until like the next one, but. Um, yeah, I'm glad you finally put that together. Well, <laughs> you know what put it together for me? Peter Griffin ruined it for me at the beginning of the Family Guy Star Wars episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will also, <laughs> I also watched that. They run that. through it in the little scroll at the beginning of the Star Wars Family Guy knockoff. Yep. And I, at that moment, I'm like, oh my God, they're brother and sister. And he's like trying to mac on her in that whole movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, there is a lot that's given away. I mean, it, the the Family Guy ones were made knowing that almost everybody has seen these already, so they can make jokes throughout the, for the whole series. 
But like, yeah, they they give away like a lot of I guess stuff if you haven't seen the movies in the very first parts of that opening crawl for that uh, <laughs> the Blue Harvest episode. Oh my god! But that Family Guy episode is so good. I'm so glad I went back and watched it because now. It all makes sense. Everything that they played <laughs> off of in that movie, like in that ep- that forty-five minute episode of Family Guy, I was like, "Oh my God, there's the part!" And my daughter actually watched it with me, and she appreciated everything even more. <laughs> yeah, it's like, pretty whole, spot the, on. From what I remember, that whole Family Guy episode is just a brief synopsis of the movie itself. Yeah, it. They literally play like every scene. Yeah, it's it's almost everything from the movie like briefed and with jokes added in but like it's it's like i was actually surprised when i went back and rewatched it like how close it actually was i'm like oh man they they're really doing everything in this like i i totally forgot about these ones how it was so good beholden they are to uh seth mcfarlane is so beholden to uh, a george lucas script (laughs) The Cantina Band part in the Family Guy episode kills me every time I listen to it or watch it. <laughs> Play the same song. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for the Cantina Band. <laughs> Speaking of the Cantina Band, so they play like this jazzy type of music or whatever, but that music in Star Wars canon is known as jizz music. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I'm not lying. It's known as jizz music. From are we talking Zardoz now again? <laughs> no. I I wish I I wish I was making this up, but it's called jizz music. Like they could have called it anything else. Like anything else. They could have just kept it at jazz music. Like it doesn't matter. They couldn't have named it anything, but they named it jizz music. <laughs> what the hell I think this, this cantina like this cantina scene like, there's going to be other ones like in the future or like ones that we've already seen already where they don't get as weird this one is the weirdest and I like it because of that because it's like this is like their first one like in the 70s they didn't know how successful this would be and it's like legit like people like in devil makeup and like <laughs> A wolf man. Like, <laughs> like, they don't give a shit. They're like, yeah, there's a bunch of aliens, but we can only do so much. Yeah, We're just going to make up a bunch of people like in Halloween costumes and like, right. hope for the best. Yeah. Oh, like the little vampire bat astronaut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they, they're just like, we're, we're doing the best of what we have. So here's a here's a cantina full of like what's supposed to be aliens, but it's it's a legit like we like got like the makeshift costume for a devil. Yeah, <laughs> I if you because I, I was scanning the room once it showed like the full cantina once we got there, and yeah. there's like just a guy in an astronaut suit <laughs> in there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like oh my god, <laughs> Neil Armstrong just shows up. <laughs> But, yeah, yeah there's anything and everything in there. <laughs> yeah, there was that, and then uh, when uh, R2-D2 and C-3PO get picked up by the Jawas and seeing all the droids in the background, that was also interesting, too, to like see like all the different kinds of droids they designed. I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Any other uh, notes you got there, Cole? 
Do you, um, do you have any, I do you don't have any, think so. Do you have any um, criticisms? Oh, <laughs> the Womp Rat comment killed me. <laughs> <laughs> and then even further going back and watching it in the family. I'm going to refer to the family guy one more time. Because they cover the Womp Rat part when they're doing like the talk with Darth Vader. Yeah. In, the, in like the circle. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's only, uh, seems like a large design flaw. That's no bigger than a womp rat. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so random. But, oh, my God, that part killed me. I think um, this wasn't in the, the, the Star Wars episode of Family Guy, but I think it's in another episode of Family Guy where they bring up that scene again. Where it's like, that doesn't seem too hard. I can nail, like, a womp rat back home. And the guy is like, hey, can you come over here and talk to me for a second? Like, why'd you say that? (laughs) I found that really rude. (laughs) I kind of remember that. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, Uh, overall, though, like, honestly, so far, I'm going to say it, this is my favorite Star Wars movie we've watched. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Even though, and I was so, I was very... Uh, reserved going into it because I knew that it was made in the 70s and I was like well the, everything's going to be so much shittier than this <laughs> but it, it didn't come across that way at all everything seemed very I don't want to say modern for 1977 but it really did like it didn't look like I was watching a movie made in 1977 yeah and I really enjoyed it like I it, it was so good and I I liked how everything in the prequels kind of led to this so me watching it the way i'm watching it i enjoyed it even more awesome i'm glad you said that because i think right now uh, going through all these this is my favorite one too like by a long shot like i felt so good after watching this that i wanted just to keep going and watch empire strikes back right after i didn't yep because i was gonna i was gonna put it (laughs) off until next week but um I, i loved it yeah, I, oh, God. Like I said, I'm pretty sure, just thinking back to what I know what's going to happen in the Empire and, like, what's going on from now on, I think I just think this is my favorite movie just based on the fact that it sets up everything that I love about Star Wars in just one movie. Like, even, like, when we go into Empire where, like I said, there's going to be big events that take place with these characters... Like, this is the movie that sets up, like, why you love the characters and why you feel the way you feel for them when things happen to them in Empire and Return of the Jedi and, in, like, in movies beyond this. Mm-hmm. Because, God, all that shit with the three of them when they're going through the Death Star, like, I, like, end up liking all three of them. Like, even, like, we haven't even talked about her yet, but fucking Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia is so fucking good in this. Yeah. Yeah, she's like oh, a yeah. take no shit. I, I love it. Yeah, just the three of them working together and it's like uh like I'll I'll talk about it more when we get into like the, the other trilogy, but it's like I think that's just what was missing from the Disney trilogy is that like they never had that thing that this had where it's the three of them together like forming this friendship, forming this bond to where when they sep- they get separate for most of the time in like the upcoming movies, 
you still go back to this and be like, yeah, but they had that, and that's what makes them close. This is what, this is the moment that made them appreciate each other. So where, when something happens to them and they do get worried for each other, you're like, oh fuck yeah, because they had that that time with each other. And I think that's why that's what makes this like the best movie out of all the Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kinking my neck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what um what what are we grading this one here, fellas? Okay, I'll start. I got slightly, and this is a total nitpick. I got slightly bored during the final scenes where they're racing through the Death Star. Okay. Yeah. The dog it just went on, on a little bit long, yeah. and the like. The fat guy with the double chins as the, in the Red Army. What? Like, <laughs> <laughs> there, there were just... It went on Poor a little bit too long. Porkins, pull up. <laughs> I can't. Pull up, Porkins. <laughs> I can't do fatter. <laughs> Total nitpicking. But if that scene would have been shortened, I would have given this the ultimate grade. But I'm going to give it a solid A. Okay. Overall. Overall. If that scene would have been shortened, that's the only scene that I honestly lost a little bit of interest in. I probably would have given an A plus. This I liked this movie that much. Like I would go back and watch it right now and I just watched it six hours ago. Wow. <laughs> I am yeah, I I am also gonna give it the same grade. J- only on the fa- the version of that we watched today. The Disney Plus version. I want just an original cut. That like I don't need any of this extra stuff thrown in there. And I actually think that the Jabba the Hutt scene added to this, I think, hurts it a little bit. But that's a nitpicking. That's it. But so otherwise, I'm giving it an A. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I'd probably appreciate more like the older version of it. But goddamn it, I'm <laughs> I'm a uh, a diehard Star Wars fan. I just said this is my favorite Star Wars movie, so it's a fucking A plus. <laughs> oh man! I fucking dude. I, I fucking loved. It. I going in and watching this. Like me and Molly watched it immediately after Rogue One, just because we were so hyped from that ending of Rogue One. And going into this, where I'd be like, okay, but it's probably not going to be the same. But no, it's just like the same aesthetic, the same feel. Like, god damn it! Like this is. This is, I went back to fucking 11-year-old me at Matt Todd's house watching Star Wars <laughs> being like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm i so looking forward to fucking Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. God, I love Star Wars, guys. <laughs> no, really? You do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, with that being now, said, I- oh, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, I don't, I'm going to say, you guys making me watch one, two, and three, though, and even even Solo and Rogue One to an extent, I didn't finish Clone Wars because that was a piece of shit, <laughs> but even watching all those before this, I think made me appreciate it more. I don't know if I would have given it such a high grade okay. had I not seen those before. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, maybe it's just it hit me at a certain age where I was looking for kind of like that 
action adventure type thing. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I my, my favorite character was Luke Skywalker. But like, I think as I'm older and I'm like watching him now, I'm definitely more around like Han Solo, Chewbacca, like especially knowing what's going, what's going to happen. Yeah, what's going to happen? <laughs> what's going to happen in the future? Where it's like thinking back to like those Luke Skywalker scenes in the future. I'm like, man, like those are kind of boring compared to like what Han Solo and, and Leia get into in like the future movie. Yeah. So okay. yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see what you think of Empire and Return of the Jedi when we go further into this. I'm excited. All right. Well, I think we're all excited, fellas. That's that's guys. I'm excited. <laughs> that's putting it lightly. Uh, <laughs> but if people want to get a hold of you, JT, and people want to talk about Star Wars, where could they do so? Hey, they can find me at Buggy for Everyone. Buggy for Everyone. Guys, I'm like six beers deep right now, and I love Star Wars. Find me at Buggy for Everyone on Twitter, Buggy for Everyone on Instagram, Buggy on Snapchat. Hot Take Havens, where are they, where are they looking for you? You can find me at Zardoz at Coach Havens <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> You can find me at Troy to the Max on Twitter. You can find both me and JT at Review Review Pod on Twitter. The Turn of a Random Movies poll is still up for the next couple of days. Yeah. Door of the Lost City of Gold versus <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh my! The the polls are still hot. So. I'm sure it's so close right now. <laughs> it's neck and neck. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this podcast is uploaded onto almost every single podcasting platform there is. So if you want to write into the show, you can do that at reviewreviewpod at gmail.com. Boys, we did another good one. I'm going to tell you that right now. Whew. Fantastic. That a good one. I'm, I'm excited for some short circuit two coming up later this week and to revisit <laughs> yeah, Empire. <baby. laughs> yeah. The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I know. I haven't seen. I really haven't seen these in a long time. So, it actually is reigniting a spark in me that I thought kind of like maybe dulled a little bit after we've been super saturated with Star Wars for like yeah. last six years or whatever it is more. Um, but that's gonna do it for everybody. I've been short of the Max Extreme. Hey, I'm JD3K. And for Hot Tag Havens, we are off. <laughs>